absolute power corrupts absolutely. And welcome once again to Sunday morning, 10 a.m. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. And as always, when you're listening to at this time, at this station, it's The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. Remember the name. Remember the uh, the uh, number, 347-637-3220. It's a place to be if you want to talk to JT, the master, and that's me. All right, people, we got a great show in store for you this morning. We're going to talk about some uh, football, preseason football, some standouts, some duds, some guys that got hurt that's going to affect could possibly affect um, uh, players in fantasy. Also talking about a father and a football player who ain't having it. I'll put it like that. Until I get into the story, he's not having it. Also talking about somebody else, another quarterback, getting paid. Getting paid. We got a lot of things to talk about and an hour to talk about it with. Hopefully, you stay with me with that hour. Hopefully, I can entertain you or give you some um, insight, knowledge, or whatever it may be. Maybe you just don't like listening to me and you leave, or you like listening to me regardless of what I say. Anyway, whatever it is, just remember my name. That's all I got to say. Be right back. How or why he works so hard It seems like he's never got time Because he writes every note And he writes every line And I've seen him at work When that light goes on in his mind It's like a design is written in his head every time Before he even touches a key Or speaks in a rhyme And those other fellas he runs with The kids that he signed Ridiculous Without even trying How do they do it? This is 10% luck 20% skill 15% concentrated power of will 5% pleasure 50% pain all right, people, we are back, and uh, let's get talking about some football. But first, I'm going to talk about a a dad and a football player, very good football player. He's still he's fighting for a position, but he's a very good football player, no-nonsense type of guy on the field, obviously, uh, when you hear this story, and off the field, uh, on the field, definitely a no-nonsense guy. Uh, sometimes he's controversial, but uh, uh, you always know where this guy is coming from because he lets you know without a shadow of a doubt. I'm talking about none other than the Pittsburgh Steelers, James Harrison. Now, his kids were playing sports, okay? Um, and it doesn't make a difference what type of sport they were playing. They were, play they were playing sports, Okay. And uh, not everyone gets a trophy in James Harrison's house. He took away his kids' participation trophies because he wants them, and in capital letters, earn a trophy. Now, this is his position, and I have to definitely agree with it, um, He's proud of his two sons, which most parents would be proud of their, their uh, sons or daughters, um, whether they play sports or not, but they're playing sports, these two sons. 
and quite naturally, like oh, good parents, encourage them to do their best and uh, encourage them to, to play whatever sport they like or whatever they do to pursue pursue their interests. Um, encur encourage them to do that. But, and this is in, this is the quote here. But the 2015 Best of the Batch Next Level Athletic Student Athlete Awards are going back. You know why? James Harrison said this. He wants his um he said this is this is this is what he said on Instagram. He had a picture of the two trophies. And just like I said, the, the 2015 Best of the Batch Next Level Athletics Student Athlete Award. He posted this in, posted it on Instagram. But he also posted a comment under the trophies. It says, I came home to find out that my boys received two trophies for nothing. Participation trophies. Why I'm very proud of my boys for everything they do and will encourage them till the day I die. These trophies will be given back until they earn a real trophy. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for believing that everything in life should be earned. And I'm not about to raise two boys to be men by making them believe that they are entitled to something just because they tried their best. Cause sometimes your best not good enough. And that something to shut up and keep excuse me. And that should drive you to, to want to do better, not cry and whine until somebody gives you something to shut you up and keep you happy. Now, James Harrison walks the walk. Okay. Let me put it this way. He walks the walk. You know why people, because Harrison was a, a, a Kent State walk-on who went undrafted in 2002, played a season in NFL Europe, and was cut by the Baltimore Ravens before uh, catching on with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. He, he became a force. He became uh, the Tasmanian devil on that Pittsburgh defense. And what he's saying, that all drove him to be better, or to do better. So when your kids get a participation trophy just because they, they took, 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 uh, participated, it's really just, just to pacify in my opinion, parents. Because the encouragement that you give your kids should be good enough uh, and without having to give every kid that is not an outstanding athlete a participation trophy. That, that in turn, when, when a kid sees the best or the second best get a trophy, and they don't get anything that should drive them to be better. That should drive them to work harder and to strive to get that trophy, not settle for a, Oh, I, I, I did participate. That should drive them. A lot of kids nowadays think they are owed something versus having to really work at it. I'm not saying all kids, but I'm saying there's a lot of kids out there that feel that they don't have to work at it. And, and when you encourage, just like James Harrison's mindset is saying, when you give kids a trophy participating just for just showing up, basically, that's all it is, just for showing up. Even if you were the worst kid on the team, you get a trophy because maybe the parent said, well, why, well, why isn't my kid getting a trophy? He, he, uh, he was part of the team, too. Well, your kid wasn't the best or near the best. Maybe he should work a little harder. Maybe you should encourage him to work a little harder. 
not everyone has is, is going to be the best. To get the best out of you, you have to work at it. Hello? Hello? That's what that's all I'm saying. So I think that uh, he's instilling for two, especially two African American kids, that uh, James Harrison is trying to build a strong foundation for his kids to have some drive to succeed and to do the best at everything they can possibly do, whether it's on the field or off the field. All right. Enough, enough of me getting on my softbox, soapbox. Let me jump off of it right now and get to some other um, football news. Like I said, another quarterback getting paid. And then, and then earlier, and as soon as I start explaining this, people who, who keep up on football and football players and contracts and, and people who are, are, are free agents or soon to be free agents will know who I'm talking about. This quarterback threatened to say supposedly that he's not moving to uh, if the team moves, he's not moving. Um, that he really didn't want to uh, talk about um, a contract. If, if it's not settled by the regular season, he, he'll deal with it after the season. And that's not that's ever not ever a good thing when you have a one of the best quarterbacks, not the best, but one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, who's pretty consistent uh, year in and year out. And uh, the, you, you can see the quarterback landscape and how quarterbacks that have uh, some ability or a lot of ability are so coveted by their team that you wouldn't want to lose this guy. And Phillip Rivers just got paid. $83.25 million, $65 million guaranteed. Philip Rivers is 33 years old. This contract, uh, and, and they were in the final year of the uh, his contract where he was scheduled to make uh, 15 and three quarter million dollars uh, in total compensation for 2015. And like I said, if it hadn't reached a deal before the season, he would be comfortable playing out the remainder of a deal and possibly coming up a free agent. Well, that ain't going to happen, Philip, because uh, this contract is, it, it will ensure you for the next four years that you will be a San Diego Charger. Meaning that you're 33, uh, depending on, I'm not exactly sure if he's going to be 34 this year or he's 33 already and the next four years, he'll, going into 2019, which is four years from now, uh, he will be 38 or 30, 37 to 38. Um Maybe he'll still have the same uh, skill set. Maybe he won't. But he's guaranteed $65 million of that $83.25 million. Not a bad piece of change for one Philip Rivers and his seven or eight kids. I think I'm not exactly sure, but I know he's got a bundle. A bundle. Yes. So I think he'll be happy. <laughs> Dealing with that and uh, be motivated, especially with uh, uh, his nice new shiny running back, Melvin Gordon, um, and his uh, uh, receiving core that he has with the inclusion of um, uh, Stevie Johnson in that. And uh, could be big things going on with a comfortable quarterback that doesn't have to worry about uh, a contract. And uh, some decent pieces around him in that uh, AFC West. That's going to be competitive, uh, very competitive uh, division. Reason being, the games that be, were played um, this past uh, past uh, a week or past few days, 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, was I think Thursday, Friday, whatever it started. Um, started on Thursday. That uh, this season, just like any other NFL season, it will be pretty interesting. I'm going to start with the Thursday's games because um, Jets played the Lions, and it, and it's just it's just a coincidence. I'm going right down this list here, and the first one that happened to be the Jets versus the Lions. And uh, the reason why, one of the reasons why I, I'm, I'm I'm jumping on this is because of the, uh, not just because of the score. This is preseason. And one of the things in preseason that I've preached uh, to a lot of people, and uh, for those who don't know, I'm going to explain it to you, that the preseason, each team quite naturally has its own mission, own uh, um, goals that they want to reach in the preseason games leading into the, to the uh, regular season. One is their major players, or let me put this, the least amount of injuries possible uh, going into the, to the, uh, to the uh, regular season. You want to have the strongest team possible, so you try to get the, the best players and the least amount of injuries going in, that's num- that's key. That's that's the, probably the number one uh, thing that they have to worry about. Injuries. How bad are the injuries? Major injuries in particular. Major injuries. Knees, uh, arms, hands, legs. Major, major injuries. Minor scrapes or, or, or bruises, that's a different story. But major injury that's, that's going to put out players for games or the season. That's what I'm talking about. Second, uh, whether depending on their weaknesses, um, they want to strengthen the weaknesses uh, to um, ensure that their team is is playing at um, peak peak performance starting the season and throughout the season. And uh, depending on what team that what what the team is. Uh, has a lot to do with that. I'll explain myself a little further. Most teams that are perennial playoff teams, that are winning teams, that have winning traditions year in and year out, I'm not talking about one-season wonders, teams that have winning traditions year in and year out. This is this is what I see happens in how they approach the, the uh, preseason games. They're more worried about getting in shape and staying healthy than winning the preseason games because they have a winning culture that they built up over the years versus a team that's a losing team that's trying to build that culture. So they emphasize more on winning these preseason games. Now, somebody, everyone's got to win or lose. They hardly wind up in a tie, but someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose these preseason games. But these teams that ha- don't have a winning culture that are trying to breed a winning culture or or, or bring about a winning culture <coughs> stresses winning more. <coughs> excuse me, stresses winning more than other teams. Because the fact is they want that mindset, they want that confidence built into these players that new players especially and the veterans that that been in, in the losing uh, uh, environment and are coming into a positive outlook for the season, they want to keep that feeling going or keep that feeling or breed uh, or, or cultivate that feeling. So... So it permeates throughout the organization. So they stress winning more. So when I look at preseason games, I could care less who wins the game. I, I really th- th- that's the bottom line. I could care less who wins the game. I'm looking at how guys perform. Um, and then you quite naturally it, who they for perform against, whether it's the one. Uh, um, the starter against a starter, 
or a starter against the second team or a second team against a starter, if you follow, if you follow what I'm saying, um, or maybe a second team against the third string guy. Now, what ha- usually happens in a preseason game, these guys get their opportunities. Some, some guys stand out more than others. When the guys who stand out are playing against the, less than the starters, uh, well, maybe we should give this guy a little bit more uh, flow in the next game uh, against the higher level. So, so let's say it's a, a, a second stringer, excuse me, on a depth chart. Let's say this guy is a second stringer, regardless of what position. And he's playing well against the uh, opposition's second string and possibly the opposition's third string if, 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 if the situation uh, arises. Or if it's a third string playing against uh, a, a set, whatever, anybody but a starter. So they're going to move him up a level. Okay. He's done well against the, se- the second team uh, uh, of the opposition and maybe the third team in the opposition. Let's see how he performs, especially if, 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 if a position's up, up for grabs uh, from a starter. Let's see how he performs in place of the starter and see uh, what happens. The guy performs. Maybe we got something here. The guy just uh, comes up short. Uh, maybe he's just a second stringer. We we uh, this is where he's at. He's not he's not an actual starter. So a lot there's a lot of competition, especially from the non-starters, second string, third string. Um, Undrafted guys, free agent guys, guys that, you know, just got into camp, got an opportunity, and, and now this is the time for him to shine. Look at Terrell Davis. He was a six-round six pick, six, seven-round pick. He got his chance, made the most of it, and and uh, now he's uh, on, on a list year in, year out until he gets there, and I do believe he'll get there, to be in the Hall of Fame. So you never know. All you need is the opportunity. You get on a roster, just like teams – Opportunity to get into the playoffs because you never know. All you need is opportunity, and then it's up to the individual to take advantage of that. So what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm, and that's that's the mindset when I go and watching a game, and a lot of people, especially in fantasy, uh, fans sh- should see, especially in fantasy, don't worry about who wins the game. Okay, really, you really shouldn't worry about who wins the game. You're watching players. Depending on it to your your team or somebody else's team or teams in your in your conference or your division, you're watching players. You're your own scout. Okay, that's how you find gems. That's how you find obscure guys that people aren't maybe looking at, and but you're looking at, and you keep it to yourself, and um. You find you, you you can find these guys and pick them up. You may get looks, you may get uh, reaction of what where, where that who, who heck is that or where, why did you pick that guy up? But you have you have a plan. Have a plan. I've, I've stressed this over the years. I'm telling you again. Have a plan. So you watch players, all different types of players, rookies. Guys moving from one team to the next. <clears throat> some some team some guys are are their expectations are the general media so called experts uh, expectations have been lowered because of he moved from one team to the next, and uh, you don't think he's going to do do well. He's going to regress, or um, they may think that the the, the player is going to uh, shine. Form your own opinion. Form your own opinion. Do your research. You want to win? How bad do you want to win? I just talked to you about James Harrison and his kids. You want to just be a participant or you want to uh, earn that trophy or whatever your, your championship in fantasy is, whatever your reward for championship, being a champion in fantasy. It's not going to come to you. You have to do do the work, research. You truly want to win at fantasy. You have to 
uh, work at it. It just doesn't come. Anyway, let me get to the first game with the Jets versus the Lions. Number 25 on my rankings list in If you go to the website, I told you about the website. It's spotonradios.com. Okay? You go to the fantasy um, foxhole, and it's football. It's right next to the home um, tab. You can't miss it. Click on that. Top 25 running backs, according to Jerry. That's me, the master. Okay? Number 25, and the reason I'm bringing this list up is because on number 25, this is who I have as number 25. He ran for seven yards. Excuse me. He had seven carries, 67 yards, and he looked, uh, according to um, Todd Bowles. Now, you're not calling him that. But he looks just as elusive. I told I told you about this kid, and uh, he's going to be a, a name to be reckoned with in the um, division in the uh, uh, a, a NFC North. Amir Abdullah, seven carries, sixty-seven yards. The, the score is irrelevant. Even you know the Jets only only scored three points. Um, the Lions. We're playing at home, 23-3. They spanked the Jets. But the story here is, uh, and I'm going with the running back, Amir Abdullah, okay? Um, there was buzz about him or, uh, a little early in the season that he was outstanding in training camp. There was also buzz about him when he first got drafted to Detroit that uh, watch out, Joyke Bell. You may have a new sheriff in town. And uh, it looks like that's the case. And uh, I can see Amir Abdullah possibly moving up on draft bo draft boards as long as he stays healthy through preseason and performs uh, as well or just uh, or better uh, than he did in his first preseason uh, appearance. I can see uh, Amir Abdullah creeping up the Reading Bank rankings. And also, quite naturally, creeping up in the draft boards of many people that uh, uh, will be drafting in the next few weeks leading up to the beginning of the season. So that's just one guy that I'm, I'm talk, thinking about. Um, let, me, let me see what else I could have in this recap here of the uh, Jets and the uh, Lions. Since we're hitting off with that, and uh, we got about a half hour left in the show, hopefully I can get to all the games up up until the game that's going to be played today. Um, another guy to look out for that I think is is. I don't know how high he is on the – let me see if, if I have – I don't know if I even ha have him ranked. Kind of doubt if I have him ranked. No, I don't. But uh, it would be a late late um, uh, round addition, uh, and he's a starting running back, Chris Ivory. Uh, looks like he's going to be the lead back, even though they may uh, shuffle uh, running backs back and forth. But it looks like he's going to be the lead back. Um, and, uh, he's one of those pounders. Uh, I would say he's like a, he's not quite an Eddie Lacy, but he, he's, uh, very close. He's a pounding type of running back. Um, his, his big thing was about staying healthy. And I, I think he, he's going to, uh, uh, have a good chance of doing that in the passing game in Detroit. Everyone knows about Golden Tate, but they may have their slot receiver. They may have a bona fide third slot receiver in uh, Greg Salas. 
Uh, he scored a touchdown, had five catches uh, for 92 yards, and he was targeted the most. Now, that's what's you know, this, this is preseason, like I said, at preseason. Calvin Johnson didn't play the first, first game, Golden Tate did, but Greg Salas had the most targets. Um, because he more than likely played, he played the most. Uh, Golden Tate only had two targets, so uh, he was he was short lived for the game. Uh, quite naturally, the uh, uh, Matthew Stafford uh, only attempted a couple of passes. Uh, one was for a touchdown to uh, um, Golden Tate. Dan Olaski played the most, along with. Um, uh, more, but um, I wasn't impressed with the Jets quarterbacks at all. So that that's why I'm really not bringing them up. Uh, Brandon Marshall played; uh, he had one kept for 12 yards, so he only had one target. So he that was brief for him. Uh, and uh, Decker uh, only had one catch. So you really don't play too much into the. First game for the Jets um, because they just just got over a shock of uh, what happened with their supposedly starting quarterback, and they they were pretty much regrouping. So I'd have to believe that uh, the Jets will give a better showing, um, but I'm not surprised at what I found or saw. Excuse me with the uh, Detroit Lions. Let's move on to another team, or another set of, set of game, uh, another game, I should say, that uh, had very little of, of starters playing. And that's the uh, Saints versus the Baltimore Ravens. Now, like I said, I'm not worried about Who wins and who loses? Teams in preseason doesn't count. I'm not worried about who wins and who loses. I'm worried about results and what I see. <clears throat> Drew Brees did not play in this game. Brandon Cooks did not play in this game. Oh, yeah, Brandon Cooks played briefly. I'm sorry. He had three targets. Uh, <clears throat> In this game, and he caught one for a touchdown. But Drew Brees did not play in this game, okay? Uh, Joe Flacco played briefly, attempted five passes for six yards. Um, Justin Forsett did not play in this game. So it was basically uh, Lorenzo Talaferro, who's a second-year player, player, and uh, uh, Allen, who was the rookie. Uh, both of them didn't didn't bode well. Uh, they basically had three and three three a little more than three yards of carry. So you can't play too much in that. Um, let's see what, how the uh, passing game fared. Steve Smith did not play in this game. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of the. Aiken did not play in his game at all. Okay. <clears throat> so, like I said, some teams have built a winning culture, and uh, this is the first preseason game, so they want to get a look at some guys possibly this week uh, uh, and see if they're still worth keeping to the next preseason game. So you play a lot of guys that are backups, um, with the ones like the you you have the um, they had three quarterbacks other than Drew Brees play. They're not going to keep. They're not going to have four quarterbacks. So one of these quarterbacks, in short order, is is going to say bye bye. So they had to to find out um, how quickly one of these quarterbacks is going to be said bye bye. So they played the three of them, and like I said. 
it's extremely important for guys when they get out there to uh, they get their chance to ball out as best they can because you never know if you're going to get the same type of chance again. I'm going to take a quick break, uh, a little pause for the cause, and uh, we'll be back as uh, soon as we can. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FSP himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 for other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts, Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365 and listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. All right, people, we are back. I am JTAK, the master, and quite naturally, this is the master plan. The number to call is 347-637-3220. 347-637-3220 you can, is the place to be if you want to talk to master, and that's uh, JT, and that's me. Okay. Uh, we're talking uh, uh, football. We're talking uh, – I'm trying to recap some of these games. Uh, and uh, we also – we talked about the – well, I talked about the uh, the Jets versus the Lions, and also the uh, um, the Saints versus the Ravens. Let's move on to the Packers versus the um, Patriots. Very important game. Uh, reason being, quite naturally, Tom Brady is in jeopardy of losing four games in the beginning of the season to, due to, due to su- suspension. Uh, that means uh, Jimmy Garoppolo um, is going to be. Um, to the forefront and as, as a starting quarterback, 20, um, um, 20 receptions, that's 20 receptions, 20 completions out of 30, which is a pretty good percentage, 159 yards only, but he had a, one interception. Okay. Um, he looked pretty good people. Um, I, I think, uh, and I, I said this yesterday on the FSP show, one o'clock Eastern standard time on, on a Saturday, Hosted the, uh, by Vic, I am the co-host. That I, I think a half a dozen teams would u- use Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback, and I and I'll stand by that because I do believe that he's starting quarterback capable right now. Um, and and I, I'm not just basing this off of um, one appearance in a preseason game. Uh, I, just because because of the ability and the, and the time he has taken to be to sit behind uh, um, Tom Brady and, and the 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 um, skill level of Jimmy Garoppolo, I do believe that he could do that for six teams right now. Anyway, um, Jonas Gray and James White afforded themselves pretty well. Uh, Jonas Gray ran for seven times for seventy four yards, including a touchdown. Uh, James White <coughs> didn't uh, didn't get it in the end zone, but he uh, had four receptions, and 52 yards. How about uh, Stephen Ridley and uh, Shane Vereen are no longer there. They got two young guys in there, um, and it looks like uh, these guys are just going to take the place of the two veterans that 
went for greener pastures in, in two other teams and uh, two New York teams, to be the fact. Uh, Stephen Ridley going to the uh, Jets. Shane Vereen going to the um, uh, Giants. But it uh, looks like uh, J&J, Jonas and James, are going to take them their spot uh, uh, pretty well and, and, and fall into that um, those roles. Let's talk about some other players that are that are that played yesterday. Um, Aaron Rodgers played um, through nineteen passes for one hundred seventeen yards. Didn't throw any any touchdown passes, but that's pretty efficient for Aaron Rodgers. No and no ints. <clears throat> Eddie Lacy ran for 36 yards with five carries, which is um, um, over seven yards per carry. And then he had uh, um, um, I forget his name. Wow, I can't remember. Can't believe I can't remember this guy's name. Alonzo Harris, who is competing with uh, John Crockett um, for the. Uh, um, backup role along with uh, James Starks. Alonzo ran for 41 yards and seven carries, which is a little over uh, almost six yards a carry, and he and he scored a touchdown. Uh, John Crockett, who's a undrafted free agent, ran for 10 yards and uh, excuse me, ran for 10 times for 26 yards. Not too good a showing. Okay, James Starks only ran uh, five times for 12 yards. So I can tell you right now, people, they're looking to replace James Starks if they can find someone that can do a better job. Um, Jordy Nelson played, and Randall Cobb paid, played, but they, they were in there briefly. Uh, Jordy only caught a couple of passes, but only, only targeted a couple of times. Randall only was targeted one time, uh, caught one pass. Um, so they're looking at guys in the passing game uh, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, especially uh, Devontae Adams, who was who was targeted the most out of all the receivers uh, in the passing game, seven times. He caught three passes for 17 yards, uh, a little more than uh, almost almost six yards a, a, a reception. Um, so th they're looking at guys and, and seeing if they can get somebody, uh, uh, Jer um, Janice. Um, What's his first name? His his name is Jeff Janis, uh, which they were talking about. Uh, Mike McCarthy was talking about. Uh, caught a couple of passes. He was targeted three times um, for, uh, uh, and he caught two passes for 31 yards, which is nice. And he scored a touchdown. Uh, he was the only receiver who caught a touchdown. Uh, um, um, the running back, uh, I talked about John Crockett, who's undrafted speed, free agent. He caught a touchdown pass for uh, 10 yards. Uh, that's the two touchdowns that the Patriots, uh, excuse me, the uh, Packers scored. Uh, one from the guy that they're really looking at, the, at Jeff Janis, and the other one is John Crockett. Um, both of them caught, were uh, uh, incorporated and, and also scored a touchdown, which is good good on their part. So I'm put, I'm pushing. I shouldn't push it. I'm, I'm pulling for John Crockett, undrafted free agent um, at, out of a, a – small school um and uh i think he's got the goods to stay to stick in the uh, nfl um on the other side in the receiving um julian edelman didn't play damian amandola didn't play um so i'm not going to go any further on that side of the ball. I told you about Jonas Gray and, and, and James White. Um, these guys, I think, are going to um, be in their perspective skill set, which is one running the ball, the other one catching the ball, and uh, um, be pretty effective uh, in, in fantasy. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to the next game. We've got 14 minutes, hopefully – I'm gonna get. I'm gonna try to get to uh, guys that I think stood out here. Um, 
let me go get to the uh, of Thursday, another Thursday game. Do I want to go there? Do I want to go there? Let's talk about the uh, Redskins versus the Browns. Um, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins uh, threw 14 times, completed 12 of them for 154 yards. Alfred Morris ran uh, eight carries for 42 yards. Andre Roberts <clears throat> um, looks like uh, he caught uh, four passes for 71 yards. Robert Griffin uh, only threw eight passes. I, I think he's going to get some more work um, uh, next game. Uh, this is the do-or-die season for Robert Griffin III. Uh, either he shows up or he, he's, he shows out, let me put it that way. His shows out, I should say. Um, Marvin uh, Marvin Jones, I think that's Marvin Jones. If I'm not, it's not Marvin Jones, it's uh, Matt Jones. The running back, um, uh, rookie. Uh, they say he is a pass catcher and a change of pace guy. Well, he only caught, he was only targeted one time in the passing game. He caught that for 11 yards. Uh, he ran uh, five times for 38 yards versus Albert Morris, who ran eight times for 42 yards. Had, had a, his longest was 23, Alfred was uh, 18. So this, this is a something you may want to look at, people. Alfred Morris and Matt Jones, that may be a little competition there, or maybe a little split. Uh, in the amount of touches each one of them gets. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens going going forward. Uh, how If uh, Matt Jones progresses more, and, and uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a competitive thing between him and Alfred Morris, or is it Matt Jones just going to be the strictly the backup and they want to see if, if that's we, that's, he's going to be reliable enough for that. On the other side of the ball in Cleveland, you got Josh McGowan, and quite naturally, supposedly, uh, Johnny Manziel is the backup. McGowan is the one that threw for a touchdown. Um, both of them were, were pretty ineffective. Uh, Josh McGowan threw, completed all five of his passes for uh, 33 yards, which is an average of six, a little more than 60 yards a, a pass. Johnny Manziel was seven for 11, uh, which was equated to 42 yards. And uh, that was even, was even less. In fact, he was uh, tied for the less amount of uh, catches per um, completion, which is 3.8. On the rushing side of the ball, which is very, very interesting here, uh, David Johnson uh, um, can't, can't play, uh, couldn't play because uh, he was injured. I think he was nursing a, a um, hamstring or yeah, I think it was the hamstring. But they had Terrence West and uh, Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Terrence West ran for four, uh, 10 yards with four carries, which is a paltry 2.5, and Isaiah Crowell was even worse than that. Uh, four, ca four carries for six yards, which is a little, uh, about a yard and a half. Um, so they, they have issues. They have issues that even though Washington is a very good run defense, they have issues. I'm talking about Cleveland. I'm surprised they didn't pick up a Ray Rice or didn't even look at the Ray Rice, excuse me, Ray Rice, or, or maybe a Chris Johnson who signed with the Arizona Cardinals, which should make that very interesting. I'll get into that uh, if I have time. Let's move on to the. Uh, Another uh, uh, game of note. Let's talk. Let's talk about this one. This should be interesting because um, Darren McFadden just came off of the um, just just was activated, so he's able to practice. And Joseph Randall's nursing a uh, an injury, and he wasn't able to play in this game. And uh, so they had Gus Johnson, 
who um, a lot of people don't know, uh, he ran for 35 yards, 13 carries, 2.7. Not a, not a good um, not a good average at all. Um, another guy, Lace Seastrunk, um, ran for uh, only 16 yards with five carries. He was a little better. <clears throat> so the, the running game has a few things to do. Um, right naturally, none of these starting running backs ran for Dallas due to injury. Um, or and Tony Romo didn't play. And in the uh, receiving game, Jason Witten didn't play. Uh, Des Bryant didn't play. Uh, Terrence Williams play. And you got um, the tight end, uh, Gavin Escobar, who was targeted the most out of uh, everyone. Uh, seven times, he had four catches for 47 yards. No one on in the Dallas um, game versus San Diego. Um, in the receiving part, scored a touchdown. Gus uh, Gavin Johnson, he scored a, a touchdown on a, a, and and that was the only uh, touchdown that Dallas scored. So, like I say. These guys are trying to tune themselves up, not worry about winning games. That's why you didn't see all these stars out there. You're going to see them uh, next game and definitely in the third game because that's basically the tune-up. That's when guys really get geared up. Uh, they don't play in the fourth game. If they play in the fourth game, it's like for a series and then they're out of there uh, because they want to make sure they're healthy going into the regular season. So we're getting there, people. This is the beginning This is the uh, um, beginning of, the, uh, of really football season. Training camp. Now you got preseason games, guys gearing up. Things are going to start getting um, broken down on who's going to stay and who's going to leave. Uh, guys who get pushed out of one camp maybe pull for, to another. Um, we'll see what happens here because <clears throat> it's going to get interesting here. Some named players every year get pushed out of, out of their respective camps and somebody else picks them up hoping to um, uh, keep their career going. Anyway. Uh, like I said, Philip Rivers got the, uh, his big contract. He only played briefly, only threw for two two passes, threw two passes and completed two passes. Um, and then he was out of there, and then Kellen Clemens took over. And I'm not even going to Kellen Clemens unless it's absolutely uh, Philip Rivers is going to be out for the rest of the year, and that's not happening. All right, we're talking about Melvin Gordon. Quite naturally, he's uh, the second rookie that was drafted in the running backs. Uh, he had six carries. They gave him a decent amount of carries um, with only 11 yards, 1.8. Wisconsin running back people, be careful. Wisconsin running backs have come out with a lot of hype and um, have not fared well. Wisconsin running backs have come out with a lot of hype and not fared well. Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, um, is well known for its offensive line and making stars out of their running backs because of the type of holes they open up. I'm not discounting um, Melvin Gordon. I'm just putting that out there because that's a fact. Brandon Oliver was the uh, lead back. Uh, 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 well, it, it was split between Brandon uh, Oliver and um, Jawan um, Edwards. Uh, they both had uh, almost an equal amount. Brandon had 10 carries. Jawan had 11. They both ran for the same amount uh, of yardage. Um, and uh, Brandon was the only one that scored a touchdown out of the two. Uh, in the passing game, Keenan Allen uh, was targeted a couple times. Um, and uh, basically everyone else was about the same. But Keenan Allen got the... Uh, uh, um, is is the, uh, one of note because uh, you, you're thinking about him as uh, bouncing back from his uh, sophomore slump that he had last year, and I do believe he will. You got uh, um, a uh, Austin Pettis that also was uh, um, 
he came he left the uh, uh Los Angeles excuse me Los Angeles St. Louis Rams and now he's with the uh, San Diego um Chargers um he can give Stevie Johnson a run for his money he caught he was targeted uh, uh four times caught uh, one pass for 9 yards uh Stevie Johnson was targeted once didn't catch a pass um and uh that's about it I can name you the other ones but there's nothing of note that uh, and uh, um, that's why I wanted to, to get some inform- just the information out there. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next game. Uh, who do I want to talk about again? Uh, Redskins, Browns, Chargers. Uh, oh, <clears throat> Marcus Mariota. Very interesting here, people. I saw this game. I watched this game. Uh, Mariota had two early turnovers, came back, and uh, uh, was uh, fairly effective from there. Um, and, and, and this, there's some things in here that I really want to talk to you about. Um, and this is why, um, uh, Mar- Marcus Mariota had was seven for eight. All right. He had a strip fumble, um, that, uh, was ran back for a touchdown. He also had an interception, but after that, he settled down. He, he threw the ball pretty effectively, um, at 90, uh, seven for eight, 94 yards, like I said, one INT, and then Zach Mettenberger came in there, and and um, he also threw an interception, but uh, he uh, fared a little better. Uh, he had eight for eleven, for 129 yards, and, and a touchdown. Um, so there may be a little controversy here because Zach Mettenberger did definitely looked like he had a lot better control uh, on grasp of what was going on his second year versus. Uh, uh, um, the second pick in the first round. Now, you know what's going to happen. He's going to sit back there, or somebody's going to try to grab him. And I would try to grab him, Zach Mettenberger. You can't. You get there's some teams that need quarterbacks in the worst way, and the, the ones they have now. Um, you 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 you're going down a road that you don't want to go down. Let me put it that way. Let me get into the Tennessee rushing because I talked about this guy months ago, and I'm still going to talk about this guy. And the reason why I think he's the better of the two running backs. Now I know Bishop Sankey looked good. Uh, and they, they, uh, Ken Withenhunt seems like he, he, Bishop Sankey's got a, a grasp of what's going on, but I'm talking about, and Bishop Sankey ran the ball eight times for 15 yards, which is an average of one and a half yards. I'm talking about David Cobb. And I'm telling you about this guy, and I've told you about him in, in my rankings. I told you about him before that, who I liked coming out of college in, in the draft. And I still um, going to an ideal situation with a running back that's um, in a shaky situation of being able to start. He ran 11 times for 53 yards for a 4.8 um, average. I like David Cobb, um, and uh, I still keep liking him in, until I'm proven different on the on in the receiving side of it. Seems like uh, they may have some um, other options here in the passing game, uh, and uh, we have to wait to see what flourishes. Um, Harry Douglas came over from the um, the. Uh, 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 Atlanta Falcons, ironically, they were playing Atlantic Falcons. Julio Jones scored his usual touchdown and, and caught four balls from four targets. Everything he threw at him, they, he caught uh, for 61 yards. Uh, Roddy White didn't play. Um, James Hardy may be a guy, uh, not James Hardy. It's um, Justin Hardy, I'm sorry. Uh, Maybe a guy you want to look at, in, in, especially in the slot position. Uh, he caught three balls for 41 yards, was targeted times. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to get to the rest of these games. I, I would have liked to. I know that uh, um, Jameis Winston has a lot of work to do. He looks shaky at best, uh, overthrowing. I don't know if he was hyped up or whatever, but he, he was high on a lot of his balls um, and off target, which is – and I don't know if it's if it's a habit with him that he starts slow and then he has to warm up in the game, but uh, he needs to get that fixed. Let me put it that way. Um, 
real quickly, I'm going to run down. Uh, let me get to that game real quick. Where is it at? Here it is. And I get to, he was nine for 19, which is not eh, less than 50%. That's for sure. It's less than 50%. Um, 31 yards and one interception. But he was very shaky. I have to tell you that. And I'll have to admit it. He was very shaky. You're the rookie, just like Mariota. This is first actually live uh, versus another team um, in a preseason game. So both these guys started off shaky. And um, hopefully they'll learn from it. Um, it slows down for them a little bit more in the, in the next preseason game because their franchises are, are looking for them to be their franchise quarterback. All right, people, tune in next week. Same time, same place. I am JT, AK, the, the master. And uh, all I can do is just remember, remember my name because I'll be back here again next week. See ya.